following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Hailing from the Pro Wrestling Tees headquarters in Chicago, Illinois, they are your hosts of the PWT cast, Scrub and Stank! Bang, bang, what is up, you guys? Welcome to episode 102 of the PWT cast. My name is Scrum. And this is Stank. Stank, uh, I watched some UFC this weekend um first off uh, first off welcome everybody this is of course uh the official podcast of pro wrestling tees we, we uh, bring you uh, brand new episodes every monday right here on this very feed and actually i should probably address last week's episode <laughs> so uh for those of you guys who are aware sunday i was having trouble with spotify like it just our podcast just disappeared it yeah. disappeared off spotify and I was having like the worst luck trying to get it fixed. Um, and I, truth be told, I never successfully got it fixed. I mean, it fixed itself. God knows how. I have no idea. Um, but I'm going on this fucking large rant about like Spotify, and then I'm like, well, I guess if you're listening, you're listening to this through like, you know, Apple Podcasts, you'll be fine. Well, <laughs> uh, it just like never uploaded. To Apple Podcasts, like I waited all like all day Monday. Um, like I wound up coming into work. Like we we had the day off, but I wound up coming into work with Mark uh, to ship out these like Britt Baker posters. And there we are, like just refreshing, refreshing. And I'm like, I'm like, it uploaded, obviously, because it's on Spotify now. I'm like, but it just it's not there. And I wound up just like having to delete and re-upload the episode, and it was fine. But all I could think of was like, man. Here I am cutting this fucking twenty minute shoot promo, uh, like on Spotify and how they don't work and all this stuff, and then they're the only ones that it actually works on. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was funny with Spotify too because I know you were talking with them, and they were basically telling us we don't exist on the platform. And then a day later, like, oh, we're, that's that's the only place we exist. Yeah, is you yeah. know they're just like LLL so JK. Weird. Yeah, which hey, by the way, if you if you guys follow if you're listening to this and you follow us on Apple Podcast, uh, go give us a five star review. Like someone gave us a one star, and it just brought us down from a five star to a four point nine. And I don't know who it would have who it could have been. Um, but yeah, like, you know, do us a favor. If you guys listen to this and you haven't already before, leave us a five star review so we can bump that 4.9 right back up to, to five stars or 5.0 or whatever it is. Just, uh, you know, cause we have all five star reviews and then just like the one and it brought us down. I don't know. Very weird. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, do, you know, do us a favor and uh, do that if you can, as well as follow us on social media if you already aren't. Of course, we're at PWTCast on Instagram and Twitter. Um, but yeah, Dave, it, dude, this has been it's been a very long week for myself. Um, like you mentioned right before we got on here, you're like, ah, oh, it's been kind of a slow week for you. But like, I've I've not had a rest. I have not had a day to rest really. Which is funny because it was a short week for us, technically. Well, like I went in on I went in on Monday, so I didn't even feel like we had like that extra day off. But there's a lot of like firsts this week, as far as like again the the pandemic's not like over, you know. No. But it just it definitely this week definitely felt the most non-pandemic, um, in a lo- in a very long time. Uh, like 
when was it tuesday or wednesday i so i went to go see black widow this week so i, I was at an actual movie theater and i'll talk more about like black widow a little bit yeah. later but you know like i was in an actual theater um for the first time well i had gone like during like the early days of the pandemic but this was like full attendance packed no like seats being separated or anything which ooh, i gotta tell Feels you weird doesn't it <laughs> well I'll, I'll i'll tell you this so i'm gonna go see black widow which i won't spoil it but like actually a, like really good movie you know i'm not so bad what's up not bad at all right you, you saw it as well i saw it as well yeah so i and i'm someone who i've openly talked about how black widow is not my favorite uh avenger you know like it's very much just one of those things where it's like, listen, you've got like these super smart scientists, a super soldier, um, a Norse god, and right. then you just got someone who can do very cool, like looking hurricane runners. Uh, and it's, it looks and same goes for for Hawkeye. You know, like I like Hawkeye, but like at the end of the day, the man shooting arrows when they've got like a literal witch. <laughs> you know, uh, they've got two wizards. So it's just it's one of those things where I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. Black Widow's never really been my favorite, and I was not really looking forward to the movie. It was more so. I you know, let me. I retract that statement. I I had no expectations. You know, it, it was one of those things where I was like, you know what? They've been showing these fucking trailers for like a year, and not once have they reeled me in. You know, and again, just being like the Marvel completionist that I am, I was like, all right. I'll go watch it. You know, I'm like, it's, it's getting good reviews. Let me just go watch it. And I was actually like pleasantly like surprised and entertained throughout the whole movie. Like it was, it was, it was a fun movie. There was one scene specifically like at the end that I, I, I won't spoil what it was, but it was just one scene that did not make sense. You know, like it, it just, it made no sense where it's just like, huh? Oh, you know, I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But yeah, like, how did how did you enjoy the movie? I thought it was good. Now, do I consider it as good as like maybe like a Thor Ragnarok? No, but let's get that out of the way. Like, it's it's middle tier. It's middle tier, but it's good enough. Like, I don't know if I I don't know if I would want to pay for the whole theater experience. But like for like a streaming platform, it's a great movie. Like if, if it was like a Netflix movie, I'm like, wow, these guys really knocked it out the park. Um, I, I will agree with you. Um, the way Black Widow's been portrayed, you know, there's interesting things about her. But like, yeah, when almost everyone in the Marvel Universe can do the exact same things that she can, you know, it, it kind of diminishes her. But like the way that uh, the story kind of explains her backstory a little more fleshed out than maybe Avengers two did. Um, yeah, I, it was, it was really great. And it kind of set up for the future, which was really nice. And, uh, you know, if you stayed for the end credits, it really set something up. So, um, I thought, I thought it was thoroughly enjoyable. I, you know, I've been souring a little bit on David Harbor recently, you know, with like his Hellboy stuff, but, uh, he was great as uh what's his character the red guardian yeah yeah i thought he was great good comic relief but also a lot of heart in it and uh oh yeah perfectly serviceable i'd give it like a 7.5 out of 10 oh exactly yeah and you know florence Pugh, um 
who she was in it you know she she's the the girl from midsummer as, as most people yeah. would know her but she's been she's been in quite a few things like she was also like she was awesome and uh, yeah. like it's no spoiler you know she, she's going to appear in other projects as like you know they've they've announced she's uh she's they announced that she was supposed to be in in that hawkeye tv show and i believe like a few other like marvel stuff but like yeah she was really awesome as well um i could almost do without the accent you know, yeah. but I'm like, whatever. I'm like, it's fine. Like, uh, you know, Scarlet Witch also had an accent and eventually uh, that was gone. But um, no, like the only thing I had to complain about again during the actual theater experience was so I'm used to going either very early or very late. I hardly, hardly if ever go to like, oh, this movie came out today. Let's go to a seven o'clock screening. And I wind up going to yeah. like a nine o'clock screening because we we finished recording I went back to work to finish up like very quickly what I had left. And I was like, all right, cool. Fuck it. It's nine o'clock. Let's go to just, you know, I'll go watch that. And there's a movie theater right here by the shop, actually, where first theater I used to work at, you know, uh, Regal City, number right. 14. How may I help you? Um, but I was like, fuck it. I was like, I'll just go there. First off, big mistake because the chair's not comfy. Um, and yeah, like, because, you know, you can pick your seats. And so I, I picked. I picked my seat so that there would be no one, no one on either side next to me. But of course, like those seats wind up filling up. So I'm sitting all the way up at the top. It's where I like to sit. And three people come and sit directly on my left side. And so I'm just like, oh, and I literally just get up and I move one seat over so that left of me. You buffer. Yeah, there's a buffer. Well, then two fucking people come sit on my right side. So I'm just like, great. Yeah. And then, like, halfway during the movie, there's some woman who just starts coughing, like, coughing uncontrollably. And I immediately, like, me and, like, a few other people around us, we all just, like, put our masks on. Because it was one of those things where it's, like, don't fucking go out, like, if you have this, like, violent cough. Like, not not COVID aside, it's just, like, don't go to a fucking movie if you've got this, like, loud, violent cough. Yeah. Or you know? how about this? Grab a box of lozenges. Exactly, and on and like you that shit up. yeah, and you could yeah. see like everyone kind of looking at the lady, and like she got up and left because it's just like yeah, good. Like as you yeah. like don't go because it's happened. You feel the eye daggers. I mean, dude, it's happened to me before where I've been like at the movie theaters and you hear people just like uncontrollably sneezing, or just you know just like the because they got like a stuffy nose, and it's just like don't right. go to the fucking movies when you're sick because like you know it's like it's just as annoying as ruffling through like your nachos or right. or, or your popcorn um but yeah yeah again it was it was one of those things where i'm just like sure it, it whatever i missed the theater experience i am someone who does yeah. enjoy going to the movies you know oftentimes it would be like all right i've got nothing to do you know saturday morning i'm gonna go watch i'll go watch once upon a time in hollywood again you know or something yeah. like that like whatever is playing at the time um but I guess since we started talking Marvel now, because um, th- there's more, there's more non-Marvel. There's some wrestling stuff too that I wanted to talk about. Um, just like very quickly, uh, what if they showed the trailer for What If, and dude, I was blown away. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of their animation style. Like I feel like yeah, I don't like the style. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's where it's like you guys are Disney. What the fuck are you guys doing here? But hey, you know, whatever. It's it's the least of at least in my worries because it actually looked awesome and like it very much seems i was under the impression at first that it was going to just sort of be like um 
kind of like the Twilight Zone where every episode was just something different, but like very clearly that's not the case. Like it, 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 they're very much, it's all connected and stuff. And like, I, I'm a huge Michael B. Jordan fan. So I love seeing him come back as King Killmonger. Uh, it looks yeah. like he winds up taking over for Wakanda because another one of my favorite characters in T'Challa is star Lord. Um, Scott Lang is his head is in a jar, very similar to like Futurama. You've got fucking, uh, vision wearing ultron skin with the five infinity stones lodged in his chest you've got the sorcerer supreme spider-man like there is so much just so much just going on that i'm like yes give it all to me i don't give a fuck just i i want it all yeah it's a it's a pretty cool idea i've never been a big fan of the what if books um i'm not sure why but like you know, they would always, they would always be like, what if, uh, what if Weapon X was Captain America? And I'm like, all right, you know, maybe it was because like it, it felt like maybe it had no consequence on the real, uh, Marvel timeline. On the other hand, I was a real big fan of, um, the Elseworlds books from DC, which is the exact same concept. Like they would have like, what if, uh, um, what if Kal-El landed in Gotham city and Tom and Martha Wayne raised him. And so like they got a story called speeding bullets where Superman is Batman. Um, stuff like that. There's a bunch of Elseworlds books that, uh, I really love. I, I don't know why Mar- I guess it's cause I was just a DC fanboy when I was growing up, but like whenever I see Marvel stuff, I'm like, eh, I don't know. But, um, you know, like Marvel zombies was a huge thing for a, a while. There was this artist, Arthur Sidam that, did like all these amazing cover like it would be classic covers of like every marvel character zombified and then they would do a story there was like part of the story was like uh galactus was a zombie and then all these other people like ate him and stuff so like uh i'm really interesting interested to see how they kind of put that in this format but yeah like it did seem like everything was kind of interconnected and like every storyline was maybe woven through the other so if anyone can thread needles like that it's marvel i mean they've proven it time and time again so like i'm pretty excited but like you i wasn't a big fan of the animation style so yeah you know what i was a fan of though i mean like i said from the show itself um was the uh funko pops that they released like for it the only thing is like so uh as many of you guys know like i'm i'm a huge uh you know funko pop addict uh None of you guys have actually seen the uh, the offices yet, but there's uh, there's quite the number of Funko Pops here, and I got like I just I stopped I stopped collecting Funko I stopped buying Funko Pops for a while because I was just like oh, this is, this is way too many. I'm like I have I have a problem. I need to stop. But like I've got all the Black Panthers, all the Doctor Strangers, you know, like some right. some like all the Back to the Future ones. You know, some collections where I'm like, oh, I want to keep all of these. Um, and I missed out on some, like, exclusive ones. It was, like, an Amazon-exclusive Doctor Strange and a Target-exclusive Killmonger, which for any of you pop collectors out there, those two, specifically Target, it's just it's the hardest to get them because uh, employees that work there fucking hoard them on. And it's just, it's, oh. the, uh, it's, it's the worst trying to get Target-exclusive oh. shit. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, as a Ninja Turtles collector, they do a lot of Target exclusives. I cannot tell you how many times I've gone in and, like, they, they've they keyed in on the NECA and Ninja Turtle stuff and, like, the entire Turtle section will be wiped because of the employees. It's the worst. Ugh, yeah, I'm not looking forward to having, a, like, hey, do I really want to spend $80 on this when it's right. retail at 12 because, yeah. you know, shitty resellers. The eBay the ebay tax yeah um but no it meant kind of just like to to wrap up on like the marvel stuff um loki episode five dropped and the finale drops this week like i told you i i this episode what i was it wasn't my favorite you know like it was i liked it you know i love i love richard e grant as uh classic loki like that was just awesome yeah. to me he you know he's one of those actors that like yeah like you know who he is when you see him in things, you know, and most people don't really know his name. Like he's, he's just, he's one of those actors, but whenever he's there just doing something, he fucking kills it. You know, like he's, he's the villain in Logan, you know, that that's where I remember him right. from, but I know he like, he's in like the Scarlet Pimpernel and things like that. Like old, old, older classic, you know, movies like that. Um, alligator low key as well. Like I think on the Pantheon of like, like I would kill Baby Yoda for Alligator Loki, but I wouldn't kill uh, Baby Vision for Alligator Loki. You know, like Baby Vision to me is still just my favorite Marvel thing so ever. Uh, but yeah, I, I know you mentioned you enjoyed the episode like quite a bit, right? Yeah, I thought it was one of the best. And you know, I might spoil a couple things, so sorry, guys. But um, like, I I thought it was like just classic Loki uh, conjuring up the entirety of Asgard was like, while Ride of the Valkyries is playing, it was like the most Norse thing I could think. It was so rad. Um, Yeah. And like, I I gotta be honest with you when Loki first started and like, we started seeing Sylvie, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like this character. I just, There's something to, and you know, a lot of people will have a problem with this, but like, there's something to Doctor Who about her, and I hate Doctor Who. <laughs> I was like, this is going to be shit, but like, the whole story is great. I mean, I think I have a theory as to what we're going to see at the end. I don't know. Do you do you want me to spoil what I think? Yeah, I mean, it, it's our yeah. theories, and and honestly, with this show, there's not that many like. Uh, well, so I. I I think every everyone's assuming it's Kang. They're wow. just dropping Kang hints left and right, and I just I just kind of think that um, they're swerving us. They're 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 being too showy with all the Kang clues. I really think it's it's Loki at the end. There's another Loki, or maybe a future version of this Loki that had not fallen in love and then became he has these weird moments where he describes himself, you know, in moments of clarity where he's like, I'm just a scared person using fear to gain power over the people. You know what I mean? It's the same way he described the TVA when he first came in. And like Mobius is like, wow, you were right. Like you, and maybe it's because there's a part of him that recognizes himself in the plot on like subconsciously. And that that may be why uh, the universe is spawning all these 
Loki variants and why, you know, the TVA, the, the, the person or people behind the TVA are actively trying to prune all these Lokis. And then, like, the, the, the fact that, like, them having, you know, Sylvie and uh, Loki having a touching moment on Lamentus, and then it spikes, like, almost immediately, almost red lines. There's, there's something about that where I think if this Loki falls in love, then he'll, he won't become the future Loki that's running the timeline. So he has to prune that variant. I don't know. I just, I, th- I think that they're too loosey goosey with all the Kang references. And I guess recently, like the, the gentleman playing Kang was just like recently spotted at a comic book shop buying comic books with Kang in it. So he could do research. So I don't know if he's ready for prime time quite yet. So I don't know. What do you think? I mean, the two prevailing theories have been one, it's King Loki, which is another variant of Loki, you right. know, that, right. that we haven't met, which is which just fall in line more with yours. Or yeah, he showed up in promotional material that we haven't seen. But he? also, yeah, like we've seen a Loki on a throne, similar to it's different, but it's similar to the throne of Asgard, mm-hmm. and, and we've seen him in promo footage. But they've also they've edited a bunch of the promo footage. Like there, there's one scene where the scene where like Loki and Sylvie are sitting on Lamentus as the apocalypse is happening. They edited it to make it, make it look more like Vormir, which is everyone's like, oh, is that Black Widow? There? And like it was clearly a misdirect. And they've done that before. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm going with it's Kang, you know, because yeah. it's. To me, he is the big bad of of this next series of movies, um, and they got to introduce him. I, I feel that it will be very similar. There have been a lot of similarities with this show and that first Avengers movie, and right. I think there will be one last nod in which the, at the very end, at the very end, where like we will see him, especially because it's like the character of Ravona, like she is. You know, she is his romantic. Yeah, they're yeah. like romantically attached. So I don't know. It would just, and I again another theory is that like, well, Kang is just a Loki variant. It was just like sure, maybe, but I don't know. I'm yeah. I'm thinking it's Kang. I'd be pretty pissed if it's not Kang. You know, because it's one. Well, of the, I mean, in the same way, we all thought Mephisto was going to show up in Wandavision, and all the clues were there, and they were just like, no, nah, it's. Uh, also, like with Quicksilver, like nah, we just set that up to make a boner joke. So, I would hope that they learn from that. If not, I mean, listen, <laughs> if it's not Kang, it won't. The show won't be like ruined for me. But right. you know, I'll. It's it'll definitely be a bummer as as I kind of yeah. hope that that it is actually Kang. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, we'll know. You know, we'll know it, it, in a few days. Um, yeah. What what the hell is up with that? But. Um, I mentioned there was some wrestling stuff that, that I wanted to get to. Um, and like very, very quickly before we do that though, uh, I want to give a shout out to the sponsors of the show 
or the the patrons of the show as sponsors as well you know shout out m3 toys and gorilla publishing uh, a crunchy roll as well because i've got a, a crunchy roll story uh taffy taffy works over at crunchy roll and she's sending love some taffy. love taffy she's sending some some cool stuff over to the office from crunchy roll courtesy of crunchy roll so uh shout out crunchy roll um but the patrons as well um I, this week I will ship out that uh, last month's sticker and this month's sticker as well as uh, these new fancy holographic stickers that we got made came in um, and uh, a cool little magnet as well that we'll be throwing in there for, for all you members of the of the Patreon um, who get the sticker tier as well. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Clifford Frazier, Jesse Kohlenberg, Mark Villanueva, Joshua Davis, the Invincible Man himself, Ryan Mears, uh, R. Manuel Flanagan, Shannon Howanick, Jonathan Mayer, Hot Topic Joe, Joe Enriquez, uh, Ryan Crossley, Taffy, of course, uh, Vivian. I don't have that many. Viv- I don't. I don't think I have any cool Vivian stories this week. Um, but you know, you'll probably get one next week. Uh, our man, Anthony Torres, Brandon from New Jersey, WH Park, John Sino, uh, my godfather, Jesus, um, Brad, and of course, uh, the mystery man himself, Moises Garcia. So thank you to all you guys um, for supporting us. But yeah, this week, we ha- or last week, actually, we had a debut of one of, per- one of my personal favorite wrestlers, um, the former uh, Alistair Black, you know, Tommy End, Malachi Black. Uh, yep is one of those things where I wasn't, I, I wasn't watching dynamite cause I think it was like work or something. I don't know. I, I forgot why I wasn't, it might've been the day I went to sleep early. I I don't know. I just, I wasn't watching dynamite. And then like I woke up and all over the place was just fucking Malachi black and giving the black mask to both Arn Anderson and Cody Rhodes. And so excited but the one thing that i kept seeing that pissed me off was this like discourse of and I, we've definitely we've talked about it before but it was like oh great another wwe guy and it's just like i'm just so sick and tired because it's like look yes tna made a habit of just signing anyone that was with wwe sure sure that that is a fact but like you have, it's at the point now where WWE is releasing people like John Moxley, like Andrade, like Aleister Black, who like you'd be stupid not to sign them. You know, like these are top like main event level talents that they didn't utilize properly. It's not like you're letting go of a Mr. Kennedy or a Gene Snitsky or a Mike Knox that like you know you're immediately bringing in and trying to make main eventers. Like no guys like Aleister Black, Andrade, and Moxley, like they are you know, like proven top guys that never really got the chance to be top guys. So it's like, yeah, of course, why wouldn't they fucking sign them? And yeah. And then the same thing with like, oh, great. Another person feuding with Cody. Guess he's going to lose to him. It's like, look at how the man debuted. Clearly, they're not just going to like, all right, Cody, you're going to beat him immediately. You know, like, it, like it's, I don't know. I was just, I was so annoyed that there, there just seems to be that, that you know, that uh, fraction of the crowd that yeah. it, no matter what AEW does, it's like, mm, but actually. Well, I, you, I get, I get it to a point, and there's a lot of people that are just looking at the surface of it and skimming over like the actual context. Like when we're talking about like people 
in like TNA or even WCW for that for that matter that were getting you know the the sloppy seconds from WWE. It was never someone like like a John Moxley or uh, a Tommy Ender or Malachi Black. It, it was always like like the Nasty Boys getting brought over as a favor for Hogan or. You know, you got uh, Road Dog and Badass Billy Gunn, who, you know, the best days were probably in the WWE, and you're probably not going to get much of an upside when they come to TNA. And then those disgruntled old employees start making Vince references all the time. This is nowhere near the same thing. You, you've got someone like, you know, the former Aleister Black, who, like, let's let's be honest, like, was not used very well after NXT um, has the look, has the package, had the great entrance. And then they just sat him in catering. You know what I mean? Or uh, Andrade things like these, these are people who have not yet peaked and reached their potential. So like for someone to say, Oh, it's all these old WWE guys. I mean, could you make that argument with Christian? Maybe. Could you make that argument with uh, Big Show and Mark Henry? Maybe, but they're not being shoved down our throats every week. You know what I mean? Like these guys are brought in specifically to mentor the young talent and to help them kind of navigate um, the waters. Because like AEW is a new company, like you don't have real locker room leaders organically at this point. So um, yeah, like fuck the haters. Like everyone's going to complain. Speaking of fuck the haters, by the way, how about that idiot? that tried to jump into the ring and look like an asshole in front of everyone. Oh, the, fucking, the guy who did it for Jim Cornette. Yeah. And then, uh, all this guy is doing is trying to put himself over on Twitter. I'm not going to tell you his Twitter handle cause he doesn't deserve any more views, but like this guy's cutting promos on people and he's talking about, he, he would stomp a mud hole in MJF. And I don't know if anyone's seen the footage, but like there's footage of him scooting himself on his ass, looking like a, like a job of the hut. <laughs> you know, after after being made to look like a fool by the security guards. I mean, so. didn't like Justin Roberts sweep his leg immediately and take him down? It's like, I don't know, tough guy. And then Jericho ran over and gave him a couple. It's like, I, I will say this, like, I love wrestling. I love wrestling fans. But there are some wrestling fans out there that just want to make the show about themselves. You, you, you all know who we're talking about, the guys that make ridiculous chants, and it's it's look at me, look at me. I'm part of the show, and don't don't be an ass. You know what I mean? Especially now that we're fi- some of these restrictions are finally getting lifted with COVID. I get it. We're all a little antsy in the pantsy, but don't ruin it for everyone else because you're a moron. So, um, yeah, I guess Jim Cornette gave this guy what's what, and uh, he's still uh, squawking off on his Twitter. So, screw that guy. Yeah, fuck him. But no, I'm. Like I'm really excited for again for for Alistair Black. Like again, just to me, it was like he was an underrated dude, and like he he talked about like in some interview where because um, I mean everything about him was like unique from like his entrance music, his look, like you know, he, like he had that badass where he would like rise like fucking Dracula, you yes. know, for like his entrance and stuff like that. And he he talked in some interview where he went to Vince with like he's like hey I, I like I have new theme music like I got it custom made from like an actual band not like these sh- shitty like CFO. WWE yeah, yeah. Not, not even that CFO's gone now it's like some even like CFO made some like actual good like music and now it's like yeah. some random in house 
like person's just not good um and he's like he plays a song for vince and vince is like i don't know i is this what people like i don't know like he doesn't know like you know it's wwe it's it's everything made to please one man one old senile man who doesn't know what cool is and yeah does that you know does that mean that like tony khan is fucking the coolest cat on the block and knows what's up not necessarily, but he's definitely more in tune. Like he, he'll he, listen. He and Triple yeah. H are definitely more in tune and listen to the fans than you know, like a, a Vince McMahon does. But yeah, hey. I mean, ju- I'll tell you, like just like so, like right before he debuts, he he puts out this little um, this little vignette to kind of hype him up, and I just within like the five minutes or so that that clip is running, instantly more excited about anything he's doing than the last five years with WWE. It's just like, again, we always get accused of being like AEW marks, but like, that's the kind of thing that like is good about AEW is they'll kind of let, uh, some of these side projects go that help the character. You know, you, you got like being the elite, you got all the stuff like the dark order was doing, uh, you know, just all little sorts of different ways that characters can kind of get themselves over, not on like TNT on Wednesday every week. So, um, good. I, I all I see is upside. And the thing I like most about Alistair Black is like how many times have we heard in the WWE they'll say, "Oh, but this guy has a martial arts background and he's got educated feet," and it's just some generic, you know, BS. This guy looks like he could fucking kick your head off and knock it into the. Well, one of my favorite segments like it happened with Alistair Black like in NXT where um, it was like Alistair Black got attacked backstage or whatever and it was like a whole few like it was like a few weeks of like this like mystery angle and when he finally returns it was literally him like he storms he just storms full sail and he's just like kicking the shit out of every security guard it was the most badass like Stone Cold yeah. Steve Austin thing like since Stone Cold Steve Austin, and he's literally just kicking people's fucking heads off. It, it, yeah, it just it looked awesome. You know, he's he's awesome. He I love that he's still selling the eye injury from Seth yes. Rollins. Like it's one of those things where it's like this guy's fucking committed. Um, Chase, brother. Yeah, protect but, the business. Yeah, the 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 one thing I don't like is that he kept the last name Black because it's so easy to say Alistair Black. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so like. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to other people and they've said Alistair and, or like Malachi is one. It's kind of like a mouthful of syllables that a lot of people have a hard time saying. And it's the people that have heard the name Malachi know it's spelled a different way. So like I've already seen like news sites spell it like M-A-L-A-C-H-I instead of the way he's spelling it. So like we'll all get used to it eventually. But like for now, it's like it's just too easy to say Alistair Black rather than Malachi Black. I don't know. But I mean, I can't wait for next week. Like, this is probably some of the most exciting stuff that's happened in wrestling for uh, for a, a decent amount of time. So yeah, and listen, hey, all out tickets are all out went on sale and you know went up, sold out, and it's awesome. Like I've so I've had so many people like I, I don't know about you, I, like I've had so many people like message me and like hey, like I was talking to Wes Allen, you know, of the Allen Club of. Uh, why did we ever meet over at Jabroni? Oh, I saw they were coming to Chicago. Yeah, I was talking to him, and it was just one of those things where I'm like, "Fuck yeah!" Because I mean, like specifically with me, like it's one of those things where like 
like I, I had a kind of a hard week this week. Like I had uh, someone who I thought was a close friend kind of fucked me over, and it was one of those like uh, I was just kind of like bummed out. But then I have so many like real friends who like reaching out. They're like, oh, I can't wait to see you. I can't wait to hang out with you. And it's just like, oh yeah, like you know, this past year I couldn't really see anyone uh, aside from you know like people that we work with here and stuff, be- like because of COVID. But now again with restrictions like lifted and shit, like. I'm going to see so many, like so many see we're going to come through the shop. They're going to come through, you know, Chicago. They're going to come here for all out. And like, hell yeah. Again, it feels the most normal that things have like felt in a while. Um, right. And specifically with that, like, uh, you know, I mentioned I went to to this fucking, um, uh, the movie theaters. Well, last week before we recorded, I wound up going. Uh, we talked like Fourth of July, how we weren't really doing anything. Uh, like I wound up going to a barbecue. You know, I our, our friend uh, Johnny, you know Jonathan Delgado. Um, he had a he him and his like uh, friends. They were like having a barbecue and stuff, and he's like, yeah, yeah, come through. And I was like, ah, I don't know. But then eventually, I I just wound up going because I was like, you know what, I don't have anything to do anyway. And like all his friends are super cool. Like I, I actually know some of them. Like I guess we went to like high school together and and things like that. Like Chicago's not that big as as big as it is. And you know he he mentioned earlier this week. He's like, hey, he goes, well, you know, same people from before. We're gonna have a barbecue and um, just watch the the Conor McGregor fight or whatever. And like I'm not a UFC fan like whatsoever. I mean, you know, I will talk about the ending to this fight, but it's like, you know, we watched it via alternative means. And uh, another another person that works with us, Will, like, you know, the fight ends and he's just like, imagine, he goes, imagine someone having to pay like 60 bucks for this. Couldn't be me. And I'm just like, yeah, like wrestling pay-per-views hardly if ever have like that anticlimactic of an ending and granted there was an injury um but no like again being like at a barbecue for the first time like in a while it was uh it was weird you know yeah because it's just like oh yeah we're all just all of us are enclosed in this like garage and we're not all like messed up and, and kind of worried about that but it was fun and like jonathan you know johnny this guy fucking knows how to cook like this guy can throw down and yeah uh, well, you, you know what I think is weird? Johnny never invites me to these barbecues, and I'm going to have a word with him on Tuesday about this. <laughs> See, I feel this so. This is the like, third barbecue he's not invited me to, and I know this motherfucker can throw down because we've had parties where this guy was a grill master. And I'm a little disappointed because I give Johnny Dapp every time I see him, I'm, I'm nice to him. We're going to have a real problem on Tuesday. Uh, to I'm be, coming for you, Johnny. <laughs> to be fair, we didn't even start cooking until about 11 p.m because i like my barbecue oh yeah i know I, you know what he had like a giant griddle kind of well it was like smaller than your griddle like your your griddle yeah. was definitely a lot bigger um yeah of course but it was <laughs> like, like at one point at one point we wind up for some reason oh because it was like at his cousin's house and he was like yeah can you guys go get hot dogs for the kids because he's like i don't think they're gonna want what we're eating we're like yeah sure so paul and i uh we had we head over to jewel you know we buy some hot dogs he buys chicken and as soon as we get there you know most of the food's already done and i'm like yo because at this point he's two white claws in. i'm like you gotta start cooking your chicken bro he's like why i'm like because you're gonna get drunk and forget about it he's like no no no, i'll be fine and then three white claws in i'm like yo go throw that fucking chicken on the grill and so he he wound up cooking it and uh 
yeah, no, it was just like fun. I mean, I wind up not even tasting any of the chicken because I dropped off Mark, and then I, I because we had plans in the morning, I, I wound up coming home. Right. Uh, but yeah, no. At, at one point, we sat down and watched the, this UFC fight. Also, one of Jonathan's beautiful friends came, and uh, it was like uh, it was like the first time I heard the Beatles. Johnny was like, "You guys are friends on Facebook," but she deleted her Facebook, and I don't remember her. But um, was it his mom? His mom's beautiful. His, his, you know, his mom did come by, and his mom was a babe. You know, I was yeah. just like, Ooh. I, was, I was like, "Who's who's this? Which which one of your friends is is this?" But no, it was his mom. No, it was some girl. I don't know. He's like, what the hell? He's like, "Who's it? What the hell?" Um, <laughs> which also, speaking of what the hell, Michael Heredia, this man. He has he, he takes his staff and by staff I mean yep. Moses Leslie and Monica to mm-hmm. uh, Fogo the Chow for an M, yep. for an M three Toys staff meeting or something like that. Yeah, didn't invite Johnny. Didn't invite nope. Paul. Who these guys? David Buster's later. <laughs> yeah, these guys worked with him. You know, like Johnny. They helped him out of a pinch. Yeah, yeah. And me, who I'm the EVP of M three Toys. You know, yep. didn't invite us. But, no, and guess what? I, I I do all his logos and his fucking business cards. I didn't get an invite. We're all very integral parts of this guy's success. We've provided him many monies and lots of promotion, and we don't even get invited to Fogo to Chow. No, and much like Frank said, like Michael, you cheap fuck. Like you make good money. You should have taken them what to a, uh, to RPM. Yeah, but I mean, hey, that that's either here or there. But um. Yeah. No, so we were watching the you know the the UFC fight and yeah again like I'm not a UFC guy and like watching McGregor I was like okay I was like I've heard he's good you know I'm like, yeah. I I know that much I'm just like yeah I'm like I heard he's he's kind of a big deal and he was fighting Dustin Poirier yeah Dustin Poirier yeah yeah and like broken ankle aside from McGregor guy was getting his ass whooped. Yes, like it was definitely a ten-eight round. Like, there's a lot of uh, McGregor fans out there, you know, pissing and moaning. He was getting the shit kicked out of him. Oh, yeah, like it was not pretty. And like again, yeah. for anyone who didn't watch it, he basically, I mean, basically just got his ass kicked for. I mean, the rounds are what four minutes, five minutes? I believe they're five minute rounds. No, oh, now I got to. I look like an idiot. I, uh, maybe five minute rounds. Well, yeah, like yeah, you could just tell like that last round, he was just waiting for the bell to go. You know, he's just waiting for the bell to to ring and just did not look good. And then you know it, it comes to the point in the the fight where he steps on his foot wrong or something like that, and yeah, ugh, disgusting. Like I. I don't know. I just I can't fathom seeing people. I I it makes me so uncomfortable when I see people like get real life injured like that because yeah. it was just so disgusting and like they kept replaying it over and over. And even then, like earlier in the night, there was uh um some lady who got like her her forehead busted open like there was, thirteen. I think she got thirteen stitches. Yeah, disgusting. It looked disgusting, and they kept everyone kept reposting that and replaying it. And it, oh my god, it just it looked disgusting, and this was even worse, you know, because again, you see him kind of go back, and he's on the floor, and in classic fucking McGregor fashion, just dude won't stop talking shit. Well, I, so I gotta say, I'm a I'm a fairly big 
UFC fan, and I've been I've been a Conor McGregor fan, but ever since he he's done the uh, the Mayweather fight and then uh, started his proper twelve like Laker company, he's just there's there's one thing. Okay, so the uh, a good analog to him would be Chael Sonnen. I don't know if you ever heard of him, but he's a wrestler out of uh, Oregon, I believe. And he does classic like wrestler promos. He's a heel. Like he loves, mm-hmm. I, he loves just healing on people. He he does the intro for Joe Rogan's podcast. Oh, does he? Oh, yeah. yeah, he's oh, yeah. he's a guy here. Uh, Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. Uh, so like Chelsea, and he's great. But like in defeat, he's humble. Um, he got popped for for like steroids, and he he copped up to it immediately. It's just. I understand being abrasive is part of selling the game and it's, it's worked for Conor McGregor very well, but like up until the Mayweather fight, he would talk shit. And if he lost, he would be humble in defeat and say, it just wasn't my day. And he wouldn't come up with excuses. And then this, him and Poirier have had like the first fight, there was a lot of animosity, second fight, a lot of respect. And then for some reason, this third, you know, fight in the trilogy, he was just going off the rails. He threatened he was going to kill the guy, like literally kill him. Um, and then, you know, he loses the fight in unspectacular fashion. And then he's just talking shit about the guy's wife. And it's like, it just, it kind of reminds me of Ronda Rousey. Like to me, Ronda Rousey was a great role model for a long time. And then it just went to her head. And then all of a sudden you see strings of losses and she left. Right. Same thing with, uh, Conor McGregor. He comes back, he's got all the money in the world and he's just an arrogant dickhead. And then he's lost like three of his last four fights. So, um, I don't know. I, I don't bring up someone's family. He did it with, uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov. He made fun of like a whole religion, that that was his religion and got his ass kicked and looked like a fucking idiot then too. It's just, uh, this, it just seems like he's kind of lost the plot a little bit, but I mean, outside of that fight, like if you're a fight fan, it was a pretty decent card. You, you had like Sean O'Malley won at the end. Um, you had that big gash in the lady's forehead. Uh, there was just, there was a lot of action to be had. So, you know, kind of McGregor being a little, piss baby at the end was kind of like a wet blanket on everything but pretty good card yeah i mean like i i don't i don't necessarily uh have the feeling that i'll be going back and like or or going forward i'll be watching more ufc but no i mean you know it's i always say it's one of those things sort of like wrestling where like if you're surrounded by people who are sort of like into the show and into everything um it makes you know it makes a show a little bit more enjoyable but, right um again it's something that was also kind of like enjoyable despite not being very good was uh right so as today as of you guys listening to this it's uh frank Spahik's birthday you know frank's uh been on here several times before he he's uh president of worldwide operations over at pro wrestling tees and he's, yes. just, he's, a, he's a good friend um and so today, with today being his birthday, t- with Monday being his birthday, today Sunday, uh, we we went to Top Golf with him. Frank, excellent fucking golfer. Like this guy is he loves just, golf, loves golf, very good at it. And um, 
I know Johnny and Michael, they, they're always like, yeah, let's, let's go, let's go to Top Golf, let's go to Top Golf with him. And we were all just like, well, hey, like, let's just, let's all go for, for Frank's birthday. And so we went, to, we went there today. It was, uh, it was Zisselman, uh, Mark, CMT, who showed up two hours late, uh, myself, Michael, Ray, and Frank. And, uh, I like, so I, I'm don't, I've never played golf. I've played mini golf like a handful of times. Like there's, uh, uh, there's this glow in the dark space themed mini golf place that was like where, uh, I would take girls on the first dates. Um, I mean, I, I say take because I don't know if it's still open. Um, might be, I hope it is. It was a pretty cool place, um, right. over in like Orland park. Um, but that was, that was as close to golf as I'd ever gotten. And, yeah, we were so they were playing, and I was just like, "No, I'm good. I'm good." Like, I Frank was like, "No, come on." He's like, "Hit my ball once," and I hit it, and I was like, "Oh, cool." I was like, it, it went and made some points. Um, Frank first round murdered everyone. It was like ninety three to like, and then the next, it was like the next closest person was I think Michael with like thirty points. Um, but then Frank was like, "All right, fuck it. Like, let's do teams." And uh, it was me and Michael first time we came in second i think yeah. it was like second or third uh and then i had to leave the last game so i could make it for this but like man i am dog shit when it comes to golf like i am not even gonna like front like i'm i was just dog shit like again, i've never played and you have everyone it was one of those things where like frank is telling me one thing zisselman's telling me another thing michael's telling me another thing johnny's telling me another thing and i'm like huh like there's four different sets of advice being thrown at me all at once. And you know, it's Frank's birthday bash. Like I'm just trying to have fun despite again, being dog shit at this game. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, have, have you played golf much golf of any golf? No, like you, I've only done putt, putt golf, never anything with a driver. Um, I have tried to hit a couple balls off a tee. Horrendous. It is, I don't know how people do it. Like I would look like when, I, especially when I was younger, like was probably the last time I, I tried to hit a ball off a tee. And like, I could never understand why Michael Jordan would want to golf so much. I'm like, you're the best basketball player in the world. Why would you want to golf? It's the worst. Um, I do like a, around a mini golf, but like, uh, like when you called me, like, unfortunately I was in uh, sandwich, Illinois for like my daughter's last softball tournament, but like I would have went and I would have tried, but I would have looked like an idiot. So, I, it, I mean, honestly, which was the case. Like again, like me and Ray were me and Ray were pretty much dog shit. You know, yeah. like everyone else at le- like Mark caught on kind of. You know, he caught on pretty quick and like he was good. But it was one of those things where, he like, man, again, it's just it's much harder of a game than you actually like think because, of right. course, you're like, oh, well, it's what are you stupid? Like just hit the, you know, just hit the ball. A lot harder than you know what that, that easy. not that easy at all um but no again again it was like fun it's one of those places like top golf where um like I've, I've just i've heard about forever and people are often like oh like that's like one of my buddies he's like yeah he's like that's like the perfect place to go and like take like your first date to but i'm like i, I understand mini golf mini golf again like i've Take yeah. a few girls on dates to like mini golf courses. Um, and that's, you know, that's fun because it's, it's a little bit more intimate and stuff, but like top golf, 
you know, like everyone competitive. Yeah. Why would you want to get ultra competitive with your date? Especially where it's, yeah. Where it's just like, Oh, Hey, do you want, do you want to see me be absolute dog shit at something? Here you go. You know? Um, yeah. Did not understand it. But again, it was like, there was a lot of people Dude, there were some kids next to us, probably like 12, 13 year olds. They were driving these fucking balls in. Like they were hitting it hard. Like not even like fun where it was just like, you're going to break those fucking like, uh, you know, you're going to break those things. Like don't swing that hard at them. And I mean, again, again, it was fun. Like the one time I would definitely like, I would go back and do it, you know, but it's just, I don't know. Again, it's one of those competitive sports where it's just like, I don't know. It's not that fun after a while. Like, um, at the 4th of July thing last week, um, they were playing volleyball, (laughs) Which so they're playing volleyball and um, they kept kind of just going in and out of playing it. So at one point, Paul has uh, he's smoking a Swisher Sweet, and they're like, "Come on, Paul, we're gonna play, we're gonna play." And at this point, Paul was a little drunk. So this motherfucker, again, one of the most like athletic people I know, he starts yeah. playing volleyball just with the Swisher Sweet, just smoking it the entire time. And I'm like, "What are you doing? Like you, you like you're gonna get so winded." But to his credit, never slowed down. And Paul's in great shape. Great shape, you know. Like again, I've never smoked, so I, 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 I would not have dealt well with that. But it was just like Jesus Christ, like, oof. Um, do you watch? Uh, I think you should leave it all on Netflix. Um, it sounds familiar. It's uh, it's it's with this comedian Tim Robinson. It's like a sketch show. There's. There's two. The the second season just dropped this week, or yeah, this week. Um, you haven't watched it. It's on Netflix. Yeah, no, I haven't watched it. I I would definitely recommend. Like to me, season one is just it's it's almost like perfect from beginning yeah. to end. Um, like there's there's this one I've talked about all the time. There's this Tim Heidecker skit skit where uh he's like he's dating this girl. He's clearly like way older than her and he's just like he's almost like double her age and you know like they go over to her friend's house for charades and he's naming all these old jazz musicians that like don't even really exist you know but he's just like yeah you know he's like uh he was the voice of the roadrunner you know he was on the colgate comedy hour with you know he's the king of the tut tut and all these people are just like what the fuck like it's just a very funny skit but um and kind of relating it to to this season or to this season this new season to the podcast uh a friend of the show brody king uh pops up in one of the episodes oh shit yeah so uh again and it's just it's just like random it's just a random sketch show like random shit just happens and uh there's one skit where I, i forget exactly what oh it's uh this one guy he comes out of the bathroom and he like he didn't like shake so he has like pee droplets on his pants and one guy's like another person is like oh what did you fucking not shake on you pissed your pants and uh tim robinson he he comes out he's like no 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 he's like he uh he bought those pants from this specific website and he the guy's like huh he goes yeah yeah he bought these pants from this website they sell the pants like that with two little dots and like the guy's like oh okay whatever just dismisses and walks away and the guy's like oh like thanks man you know like i, I would have been embarrassed and he's like no no worries he goes 
but you know, he's like, I actually do run that website and it's, it's, it's a, you know, nonprofit. So if you want to donate and he's just like, yeah, sure. Maybe like I'll donate. And he basically the rest of the, you know, the skit, he's just harassing him as far as like to donate money and right. he's sending him all this shit. And at one point he sends him a video of, uh, I believe I have the name Mike, the rock Davis, who is played by Brody King. Who's just like screaming at him the entire time. Again, just like so very random, but I, I love seeing Brody King pop up in it. And like, everyone's, you know, like messaging the guy like, Oh, Hey, you know, we saw you in this, like, um, I love it. It's, it's one of those things where I want more, I want more wrestlers just to be, you know, be in things, yeah. be in movies and just random things like that. Cause it's always fun. Like, I mean, you know, even speaking of, of fucking wrestlers, like popping up in movies, I finally saw, uh, Blade Runner, Blade Runner 2049, um, this oh. week. Have you, have you yeah. ever watched it? No, you, you know why? Cause I've tried to. I've never been able to stay awake throughout any cut of Blade Runner, the original one. And it's not that I hate it. I'm very interested in it. It's just I I cannot watch watch it in one sitting. So I know that they're connected, and I didn't want to watch. I have it. I have it in my my Plex, but like I have not watched it. No, but I know Batista's in it and does really well. Yeah, so I'll say this. I also have never watched um, Blade Runner, the original one. It's just, right. you know, it's just one of those movies, like Total Recall. You know, like we did the review for Total Recall with Scotty. I'd never seen Total Recall. I had nothing against it. it again, it was just like I've just not. It's just one of those movies that you hear about and you think maybe I'll watch it. But, like, if you're sitting and bored, you'll never think, oh, I should watch Total Recall. Exactly, you know I mean? and, and you know, and part of part of why I hadn't watched Blade Runner twenty forty nine was because of that because I never watched the original Blade Runner because of the aforementioned thirteen different fucking cuts of the movie and Ridley right. Scott's like, uh, no, 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 this is the definitive version, and you're like, all right, cool, and then he goes, uh, yeah, actually, there's literally like twelve different cuts of this movie. Yeah, so I I had never seen that, but um, I like. I'm a big fan of Ryan Gosling. I love Ryan Gosling. You know, I love Dave Bautista. Um, oh fuck, I'm freaking the the girl who's uh, Anna De Armas. She's in it as well. And I saw that it was on HBO Max. And it was one of those things where, like, I Googled where I was like, all right, like, do I have, do I need to have prior knowledge uh, of Blade Runner to know what the fuck is going on? And everyone was like, no, like, you know, like they any anything you really need to know, they they just sort of explain, and it's not in like a ham-fisted yeah. way either. You know, because even by the time like Harrison Ford shows up, um, they've already explained enough, and even with him, they they don't really get too far into like his backstory. And I guess it was kind of done purposely to where it's just like, yeah, like he's in it, and you know he does factor into like the third act. But again, like if you've not seen that Blade Runner you'll be fine and yeah i i found myself like i really enjoyed it um one stunning like denis villeneuve uh who he's done fucking what's that one with uh oh god he he did some alien movie con something no, not contact he, he he's a really good director he, he's he's i'll pull up his imdb because i feel terrible just like he's good 
believe me he's just he's very good but the movie just fucking looked beautiful um yeah if funny enough like i watched the uh have you watched do you watch honest trailers uh every now and again but not too much like i watched the trailer for that and they were just like yeah he's kind of just playing the same character you know they're like in this that he plays in like uh most of his other movies because it is just like um he's just like very quiet and somber but like no i i love ryan gosling uh arrival was the fucking name of it um he's also directed sicario which i again i have not seen myself but i've heard plenty of good things about it um and prisoners with uh hugh jackman and um god what's his face donnie darko um jake gyllenhaal Gyllenhaal. yeah yeah who who, funny enough plays detective loki is his name in that movie um yeah i saw it once i might, I might want to check it out again um but no it's like it's actually like a really good movie and i like i mentioned it, it's very visually just fucking looks beautiful um, yeah so I, I would check that out and have you had the chance yet to finally watch uh fear street or are your kids still not going no i'm actually so i i'm not gonna wait for them anymore and like while we eat dinner tonight uh my wife was like let's watch that fear street so uh, I'm probably going to watch the first one tonight. I don't know if the second one's out yet, is it? So this, that's what I was going to talk about. The second one is out. And this one, I like both of them are just fucking like knocked it out of the park. You know, like yeah. this one, it, it's it's a little bit of a time jump. Obviously, it's, you know, called 1978. Um, right. Super fun throwback to like those like Jason movies or like, you know, or, or Jason movies, that first Jason movie. Um and those like kind of camp movies and again like if you have any there's questions that they kind of answer in the second one that didn't really get answered in the first one but no it's awesome and like um they have you watch did you watch stranger things yeah uh the little redhead girl who shows up in season two or three that's uh billy's little sister yeah so she uh she's in this one too and she's fucking awesome like very much like to the point where i was like man i'm like i kind of hope they like have more of her like they give her more to do in stranger things season three because like she's coming in into her own like as an actor you know like you've got especially from stranger things like her finn wolfhard and um the girl who plays 11 like they're you know like the things that i've seen them in like non-stranger stranger things like movie or things it's very like they're very good and um yeah like she fucking crushed it in this and it's one of those like oh hell yeah like clearly you know like clearly things are moving up i mean even maya hawk who was in you know the last season of stranger things like she's one of those people one of those like younger actors where i'm just like oh hell yeah like i hope you know i hope it only goes up from here because was was very played a very like strong part in it and God, I yeah, I kind of want to I want you to watch it already so we can talk about it because yeah I'm I'm definitely at least watching the first one tonight mm-hmm. but like you mentioned like I actually I don't know why for some reason I just recently watched um, I think Vanity Fair on YouTube did a kind of a a mini career retrospective with David Harbor and he was talking about all the Stranger Things kids and how it was really. Like if you if you know David Harbour's career, he you know he mentions in this 
little re- retrospective that for a long time he was kind of like seventh on the call sheet. He would be like the bad guy chasing Robert De Niro with a gun or something. You know what I mean? Or Denzel Washington. And he just kept saying like, you know, that's fine. It's good enough to make the money. But like eventually – like these are not roles that you can put your heart into because they're just throwaway roles, basically. And he finally got Stranger Things, and they kind of like reignited his passion for acting again. And just part of it was seeing these kids come in, you know, from the first season of Stranger Things, and they're all fresh faced, and they all, you know, they have odd like weird body tics that like you know like kids have that they're fidgety and stuff. And he's like, you go from that to like the second season to the third season. And just to see the progression of these kids, and he mentioned Finn Wolfhard, he goes, you know, he had this nervous kid that would just like jitter every now and again to like, by season two, he's hanging over the Duffer brothers' shoulders, like trying to figure out how he can get them to let him direct an episode. So, um, yeah, I, I've been I've been a big fan of all those kids. So, um, I can't wait to see it, some of that. It's funny. I mean, you mentioned David Harbor like a while back. Like he's someone who like. I've loved like I first saw him in the this movie Revolutionary Road, um that mm-hmm. that was kind of um like it has a great cast actually like so it, it brought back Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate with Kate Winslet um yes you know for the first time since Titanic really and um it's definitely so it's one of those movies where it it stuck out to me because it's very much like do you want to see a movie about a relationship that's fucking in trouble and you know like up my alley like i just i love those kinds of you know kinds of movies um but you know obviously they're fucking awesome in it and david harbour plays one of their neighbors and he like he doesn't do anything crazy you know like he he's, he's just he's there and does what he has to do i believe his wife is Catherine hahn yeah Catherine hahn is his wife um which again already david harbour Catherine hahn like fucking awesome um dylan baker is in it who again he is someone that once you see his face you're just like oh shit yeah like i have i have seen him in in everything you know um like i i think uh, i think the kids like are leonardo dicaprio's kids are um one of them is the little boy from uh uh from iron man 3 like and but but like so my favorite part of this is like at one point um kathy bates comes in she's like one of the neighbors there's like a party guest or something like that and michael shannon is her son who's like like weird like i don't want to say he's like on the spectrum but he's definitely basically a michael shannon character (laughs) he is basically just playing creepy michael shannon yeah Yeah. and which he does so well in like every movie exactly but like him him david hart him and david harbour were just like two people that when i saw this i was just like who the fuck are these guys like whoa and again this movie came out in like oh eight and you know it's like a few years later that uh, like at least i know for michael shannon he gets the role in um as as general zod you know and wasn't my favorite like i like him more in um uh the shape of water you know like yes he's like the asshole oh. villain in the shape of water and it's just like that rotting finger god it's disgusting but like again like i know i mean and and he's more of like an actor's actor you know right um <laughs> fuck what's up there's this like he actually he's pretty fun in um there's this like christmas movie um 
God, uh, I'm sorry. Like I'm looking through his IMDb right now for it because he he randomly shows up in it, and I was just like, "Huh?" It's with uh, oh God, Seth. Ro- it's like a Christmas movie with like Seth Rogen, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and um, the Falcon. But I guess oh, he's- uh, th- uh, it's the night like of a Christmas. Yeah, it's like a, a big office party they're going to. Yeah, I guess he's not credited yeah. in it because I'm I'm I know he's in it, but I'm not seeing him in it. Uh, but right. again, I mean, he's also in like uh, you know, in Knives Out and shit. And again, yeah, like mm-hmm. him and David Harbor, like I'm big on them. That's why, like, and with David Harbor's character of the Red Guardian, like, I mean, I'm not spoiling anything. You know, like right. the the character's still around by the end of the movie, which I guess that is kind of spoiling it, but I don't really yeah. care. Um, and it's like, you know what? I would love, I would love to see him pop up again. You know, yes. like there, there is room for like that specific character because he was one of the best parts of the black widow movie. Yeah. And just, just the idea, like, like he's a bad guy to us Americans, but in his mind, he was a great hero. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like from his perspective, he did a lot of good, um, yeah, I, 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 you know, you mentioned Michael Shannon and David Harbour. I'm really glad that like really good character actors like this are starting to get a little more high profile stuff. Like I wasn't a big fan of like Hellboy, but like, you know, just some of the best bit of acting, like, like I, th- I actually think about it quite often in a weird way, but like, I don't know if you've ever seen black mass. Uh, it's the, the yeah. Whitey Bulger story. Yeah, and there's a scene where Whitey Bulger's at his house and they're eating steak. He goes, "This steak is Johnny Depp is Whitey Bulger," and he he says to David Harbour's character, "This steak, it's delicious, it's perfect." What did you do to it? And he goes, "I can't say." And he goes, "Come on, I gotta know." And he goes, "It's a family secret. I I can't tell you." And he goes, "Come on, you can tell me anything." And he eventually tells him, "It's like it's like a little bit of ginger and soy." And he goes, "I thought it was a family secret." And then he gets like real cold, and he goes, "Oh, I'm just saying." He goes, "Just saying." gets someone 20 years in Sing Sing and like both of them are doing like this weird like subtle menace and dread thing and like David Harbour's face like he sells everything with his face he's got like this broad face for acting I don't know but, but like I'm, I'm really glad that like I think he plays it best when he's kind of funny the way you know he's like Chief Hopper in uh, Stranger Things he's serious but there's like a like a weird like funniness to him. I, I think that's the best zone he acts, but uh, yeah, like he, he played it up perfectly in uh, black widow, dude, which I was like, oh, dude, I forgot about that scene from black mass specifically because yeah, like Johnny Depp literally like one, he already looks like he looks like a, he literally looks like a great white shark. Yeah. You know? And he just turns and it up. He, he looks like an insane person <laughs> in the steak dialogue. I'm like, holy shit. Like, if people don't do this as scripted dialogues in their high school acting classes, it's a missed opportunity because it it's a great it's a great scene study. But no, definitely. Like and you know what you mentioned again, the big fan of David Harbour, and I was so bummed out when I finally saw that Hellboy movie because like I'm 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 a big Hellboy fan. You know, like I, yeah. I I love Hellboy and like I felt uh, I I felt like one like you didn't need to reboot it the series. You know, you no. could have made a third one with Guillermo del Toro. That was Toro. the biggest knock against Yeah, that was the biggest knock against the whole 
exercise. But I, I guess it's like there was such like there was a lot of headbutting with Lionsgate not letting Guillermo be Guillermo, which is just like, right. why? Like just like yeah. clearly the guy's successful with like what he does, just let him be him. But you know that's neither here nor there. And so when I when I heard that they were gonna reboot it with David Harbour, I was like, okay, like. And I, I remember exactly where I was. I, I was in Florida on vacation. I remember reading about it and I was like, all right, fuck it. And then like seeing the trailers and I wasn't necessarily sold. And then finally watching the movie and I was just like, <sighs> which like, it's not, it's not a bad movie per se. The only thing is, it's that like, they try to tell too many stories at once. Right. You know, and that's where that to me was like the nail in the coffin for it because like if you know anything about Hellboy, it's like there, there's, there's a rich history there. You know, there's room to tell right. so many stories, so many different fucking stories. You know, like they have, like the Hellboy books, so many, as well as like you know, at one point they get into like the the Bureau of Paranormal. You know, like uh, investigate, like they have their own fucking books. Like it's just there's such a rich history there, and yeah, like I don't know, like it was weird. Like it, it, it almost felt like they were they were like held at gunpoint where like tell us three stories right now of hellboy and fucking squish them into one um yeah. yeah and you know i mean with hellboy being the property that it is i'm sure in a few years someone will try to like reboot it again but yeah i don't like i i feel like you can definitely you can definitely still do it with david harbour it's just like let's just let's just try to tell one story you know like, yeah. let's try to keep one cohesive story and and tell that one in, instead of like, we're going to introduce this character and then this character and then this character and just, uh, I don't know. You know, yeah, I mean, I, I personally, I'm still like a real big fan of Ron Perlman's Hellboy. Even though it's not very comic accurate, I think it made the character more palatable to like the general public. Like, I mean, sometimes reading some of the Hellboy stuff is, it's a really heavy read. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, I was like you. I heard David Harbour. I was like, oh, I was like, if it's not Rod Perlman, that's a good choice. And then they showed like, uh, like the makeup test shot of him, you know, like the with like the fist of doom, and I was like, whoa, that looks really good. And then I saw the trailer. I was like, this is not going to be good. No, yeah, the, that, dude, that that Ron, like, we should we should definitely at some point review that uh, Ron Perlman Hellboy because yeah, like, yeah, it's, it's fucking awesome and it's just full of charm mm-hmm. and. And Guillermo del Toro ness, like that's what make like I don't know how to describe it, but if you ever see a Guillermo del Toro movie, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? You you, you got the the one guy he uses for everything, uh, you know, from The Shape of Water to uh, the the Starving Man in uh, Pan's Labyrinth to you know uh, Abe Sapien in Hellboy. There's just some it, – it, it's like it's like you know when you're watching a Tim Burton movie. It's just drenched in his sensibilities and like it made Hellboy great. I mean I, I know a lot of people didn't like Hellboy too, but I thought it was fucking great. But uh, it's yeah, it's a shame that they didn't want to continue that because I think fans would have reacted very well to it. And, and listen, you know, there, there's still time. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's definitely still time to – We can to go do, back. Yeah. But hey, uh, you know, 
oh yeah we, we do have at so, so I, we'll, we'll kind of just wrap it up there as you know it kind of we kind of just went all over the place with this you know this week's episode but um yeah we will be dropping another episode this friday uh for the patreon of a uh, scrum and stinks family video i know last week la- last week for scrum and stinks to take detective agency which is uh if you're a member of the ten dollar and up tier you know you get a third additional show and uh currently we have scrump and stakes detective agency which is um you know we kind of just talk conspiracies like cryptids just like alien stuff just all all sorts of fun weird things murder mysteries yeah Yeah. murder mysteries things like that we talked about uh luca magnato who is uh the subject of the uh don't fuck with cats documentary um, but we did like a two-parter for that and it was, it was pretty dark. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. You know, like it was one of yeah. those things. So, uh, you know, this Friday we'll, we'll bring you something a little bit more cheery or uh, again, at least not as like a cannibalistic serial killer like ish yeah. because yeah, I mean, it, it was pretty heavy of an episode, but again, um, if, if you're following or if you follow us or if you listen to us through apple music or apple music apple podcasts um go leave us a five-star review please even if it's just you know you guys rock um just to help us with the algorithm because yeah i don't know why someone gave us a one star you know it's a bummer but i mean whatever can't please everybody uh but thank you again for joining us you guys and make sure to wish frank a happy birthday you know if you're in the pro wrestling tees vip group uh wish him a happy birthday because yeah again you know the man does a lot and i don't think he's 40 yet right he's like 38 39 i believe uh we love frank obviously he's he's one of our best friends at the shop but like you know especially with the the microbrawler thing that he did he could have took all that cash in and bought a new golf bag (laughs) but he he turned it into like this event where he raised so much money for an animal shelter uh that he cared about and that's just the type of guy he is like when you see him he looks like a big angry dude but he's like the coolest guy ever so yeah wish him a happy birthday if you see him online yeah like for those of you guys who again were unaware he he uh put out a micro brawler and raised so much fucking money like yeah you know he doesn't want to make it public so we will make it public but yeah, man, the guy raised a lot of fucking money that he's donating to. I already got the name of the specific charity, but it was, um, I think it's Orphans of the Storm. Yeah, and, it, and yeah, it was an awesome thing that he did again because he he raised yeah. a lot of money and like went out of his way to like auction off like you know some of them just to, and people were like people were just donating just to donate you know which is also uh, pretty great. But yeah, guys. Um, Thank you again for, for listening to this week's episode. And if you're a new listener, go back and listen to some of the older episodes now that uh, everything's fixed on iTunes and Spotify. <laughs> they should all be there. Uh, but for the PWT cast this week, you guys, I've been Scrump. And this is Stank. And this is friend of the show, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega here, friend of the show. We've run out of things to say here at the PWT cast. And so I must bid you adieu. Goodbye and good night. Bang, bang.